Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> ah, hello there. How wonderful it is to see you've returned yet again to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today I, uh, I see your eye has drawn to our musical section of the shop. If you'll come over here and flip through the vinyl selections that we have, you'll find a 45 in this collection. Yes, that one right there, if you'll pull it out. Now, many of these uh, musical selections in this section of the shop, Haunted, Cursed, some play incantations, some, if played backwards, send demonic messages. But this one right here, this has a tale to tell. This is a single of the song Epitaph of the Fallen Circus. And this instrumental prog rock song will conjure visions in your head of blood and manslaughter and mayhem. And therein lies the connection of today's episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at the new Shudder original, Destroy All Neighbors. So Destroy All Neighbors, the first Shudder original to come out in 2024. And it was a movie that I had heard about. At the beginning of the, every year, I always run down all of the films that are coming out, at least scheduled to come out at that point, for horror, fantasy, and science fiction. That way I can kind of put them down in my planner and gauge when things are going to be playing. Granted, those dates often change, uh, at least for some of the bigger movies, but I can kind of gauge when movies are coming out and when I need to start thinking about where I've got to watch this, whether it's the movie theater, whether it's on a streaming platform, whether it's video on demand. And one of those movies that I saw just recently that was coming out is Destroy All Neighbors. Now, it was one of those situations where I knew the movie was coming out. I knew it was coming out on Shudder, I just had not had an opportunity to really do any research as to what this movie is even about or what the trailer for this movie is. I, I read a brief synopsis of the movie and that was just about it. So when I found out, oh yeah, it came out this past Friday, I watched the trailer real quick and I thought, oh, this could be really good or it could be really bad. It, it really, it, it was really hard to tell from the the trailer although it did look fun i think that's the one thing i i drew from the trailers that this could be a very fun movie even if it's not necessarily good so i watched the trailer and got up the next morning and watched it right away so i could record this episode and i have to say ultimately this movie it's kind of how i just described it i didn't love the movie i didn't hate the movie I enjoyed the movie, but just because I didn't love the movie doesn't mean I didn't have a really good time watching it. It was a fun movie, and whether you, you like it or you don't, I think you can at least have some fun with this movie, especially if you're a rock and roller like I am, and, and I loved a lot of the prog rock references. This movie really revolves around prog rock. You have this guy, William Brown. He is a, a guy 
crafting a prog rock record and he's taken years to do this and it causes uh, a rift between him and his girlfriend and he's always coming up with these excuses as to why he can't finish it it's always the noisy neighbors it's always the uh, apartment manager that can't fix anything and is always asking him for help it's always the guy with the potbelly pig uh, down the hall that the pig's always getting loose there's always some excuse as to why he can't finish this and it all revolves around his neighbors and it all revolves around the people around him in his life. And there's an interesting quote, I think it's something his father said to him about uh, people don't always get prog rock, but the people that do get it. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, probably horribly. And, and I like that because I think you could really say that about any subgenre of rock and roll, subgenre of music, subgenre of movies. There are going to be certain subgenres that you just love. And it's going to be something that not everybody else enjoys. And that's okay. Uh, because the people that do enjoy it, they get it. They understand it. Uh, that's not to say that... Uh, people who don't get it or don't like prog rock or whatever are, you know, the idiot masses. It's just not for everybody. There's a lot of prog rock that I like. There's a lot of prog rock that I don't like. It doesn't mean I don't understand the stuff I don't like. It's just not my my personal taste. It gets a little too proggy. Maybe that's probably it. But, but at any rate, I, I really liked kind of the idea behind this about prog rock and the divisiveness of it and a lot of the prog rock references were really fun and the the music that uh william is creating felt very much like a cross between yes and dream theater <laughs> it was just very cool the soundtrack of this movie was very prog rock rich and speaking of things that you know some people get or they don't get this is a horror comedy and horror comedies for me are always kind of hit or miss you know when horror comedies focus on the horror and less on the comedy i like them a little better or at least when the horror doesn't take a backseat to the comedy i like them a little better you know it's it's very rare that you get a a movie that is that perfect mix of horror comedy uh sometimes you get stuff that is more horror than it is comedy but this i, I really enjoyed this even though this leaned a little more into comedy and not all the comedy was that good i have to say you know a lot of the comedy in this wasn't burst out loud laughing but there was a certain there were certain points where the comedy was quite funny and i quite enjoyed it and the horror while you know i think they leaned a little more into the comedy than the horror they still didn't shy away from the horror you got a lot of really good horror in this movie so it was maybe not a great movie it certainly wasn't a bad movie if anything I would say this was a fun movie and it was worth all of the things I didn't like about it to watch it and enjoy it. Enjoy the fun of it all because this felt very much like a, I don't know, kind of like a cross between some of the old uh, Roger Corman produced movies from the 80s, uh, some of the trauma movies especially from the 80s it, it kind of had some of those vibes it was a dark humor it was a pop culture humor and this was a gory humor uh they did a lot of great work with prosthetics and a lot of great work with puppetry and fake blood and a lot of fake blood spraying fake blood and i, I just there was a lot 
to like about this movie, even though I don't think the movie was that great. And I hope that makes sense in some way. But ultimately, I enjoyed this movie, uh, even though I don't think it was a great movie. It was a fun movie. Uh, that's probably the best thing I can say about this, is that it, it's certainly not a bad movie. Uh, I don't think you're going to have a bad time watching this. I don't think you're going to be disappointed that you watch this. Uh, it, you know, I guess from a cinematic standpoint, that's why I'm saying it's not great. But by God, do you have a good time watching it? So go check out Destroy All Neighbors. It's on Shutter, streaming right now. And come back and listen to the podcast. See if uh, some of the things I think or some of the things you think. I, I've already gone over a lot, as much as I can without getting spoilery. But come back and listen to my thoughts on this and see how they mesh with what you think about this movie. But if you have seen it or you don't care one way or the other, uh, we're going to press on and get into some spoiler territory. So I think one of the things that made this so enjoyable is the cast. And, and I know I say that a lot. That's really is the saving grace of a lot of movies. You had Jonah Ray, uh, Jonah Ray Rodriguez. He's, he's going by that more these days. Uh, you know him from Mystery Science Theater 3000, Satanic Hispanics. He was in one of those uh, shorts and a lot of other things. But uh, he plays the Willie Brown character. Character, kind of this neurotic guy working on this prog rock record and just always finding excuses why he can't finish it. He's been working on it for three years. He's so engrossed in himself that like he can't even remember to get his girlfriend, Emily, played by Kieran Deal, uh, a ream of paper for her printer and and the whole thing causes a rift between them and and they break up quasi in the middle of the movie but uh but the william character is one of those people and it really plays into the theme of this is that uh, they're so afraid of failure that they allow all these excuses to live in their head as to why they can't finish what they're doing whether it is noisy neighbors whether it is a, an annoying neighbor that's constantly asking him for favors across the hall whether it's the guy down the hall with the pot belly pig anybody who's lived in an apartment knows that uh, apartment buildings are a cacophony of weird and eccentric people even if they aren't necessarily weird and eccentric everybody has their own idiosyncrasies and their own personalities and sometimes they can be a little bit weird sometimes they can be a little bit annoying so I liked how it played into that but but it even drew into his like work life the homeless guy outside of the studio where he works played by Christian Calloway he plays Augie the homeless guy outside of the building but you see the the problems he has there and and how he lets shit like that bother him uh, Thomas Lennon who plays uh, Scott, the producer inside this studio where, where William is the engineer, he is always delightful in anything that he shows up in, from stuff like Reno 911 to, to the other things I've seen him in, doing bit parts here and there. Uh, he really did a good job in this. I love the the running gag of him saying, oh, that's, that's what rock and roll is all about, or that's not what rock and roll is about, through the whole movie. It was I don't know why. It wasn't a very laugh-out-loud funny joke, but it was a, a joke that really hit with me living rent-free inside my head. Randy Heller plays the building manager, Eleanor, who who's constantly asking him to, uh, asking William to uh, fix things for her because she won't call somebody else. Uh, she did a really good job. Ryan Cadner plays this guy who's recording. He's like one of these artists that just had like one hit. I love the joke about he had one song on the OC soundtrack. Ryan Katner plays Caleb Bang Jansen. And Alex Winter, 
are from, of course, Lost Boys fame, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure fame. Uh, he plays actually a couple roles in this. He plays Willie's or William's public defender once he gets arrested the one time. Uh, but he also plays the character Vlad, who is just head to toe in all this prosthetic makeup, making him look like an old Romanian or Eastern European cat, very grizzled and gruff, and <laughs> who who is into electronic dance music. I really didn't realize it was him until I started looking through the the cast list as I'm watching the movie to see who you know certain actors were. Camille Nanjiani does a has a small cameo in this. His was probably one of the funniest scenes. His was the first scene that I actually laughed out loud. He plays this security guard at this smelting place where William's trying to dispose of Vlad's body. And the back and forth between Camille Nanjiani and Jonah Ray shows why these two actors are really good comedic actors. And that was the first point in the movie where I'm just, I'm dying laughing watching these two going back and forth. I think the other segment that was really funny was at the end when Willie or William, uh, he goes by both in the movie. I'm probably going to flip flop back and forth between them uh, throughout this whole episode, but He's got the Scott character and the Caleb Bang Jansen character hostage in the studio so he can finish his prog record. And the back and forth between him and the police chief or, or the police captain uh, and, and some of the comments from the police captain were, were quite funny. Calling him Alan Parsons was quite hilarious. Uh, the gag where uh, William sets a, a speaker outside of the door uh, with a microphone so he can speak loud to the whole group of cops and everyone there. Each speaker has auto-tune on it, so everything he says comes out auto-tuned. That was quite funny. There was there was a lot of uh, humor in that whole section that just really hit from a, a comedy standpoint. Uh, there was a lot of references to prog bands. There was a Phil Collins reference uh, you know, about him after he left Genesis, back when Genesis was more of a prog rock band with Peter Gabriel and, and went solo and started doing pop things. There was a reference to that. Just a lot of fun rock and roll references, pop culture references as it pertains to music and prog rock references that made this fun for me as a rock and roll guy, as a guy who's been in radio for you know, 30 some years. I really enjoyed a lot of that stuff. And while the humor was kind of hit or miss in this movie, uh, when it hit, it really hit hard and it was really good and funny. Not all of the humor was that good uh, because a lot of it was kind of a, like situational comedy where, you know, somebody's doing something and something happens and it's supposed to be funny, but it didn't turn out to be that funny. And while the comedy didn't always hit for me, what did hit was the horror of this. Now, it wasn't scary horror by any stretch of the imagination. There were no real scary scenes at all in this. But what they did do well is the blood and guts and the dismemberment and the maiming. Uh, you know, Vlad getting the pole rammed through his chest or through the back of his chest and the blood squirting out was disgusting. William dismembering him with a sawzall in the, in the bathtub was disgusting. 
disgusting and bloody and there was blood spraying everywhere. The dismembered Vlad coming back to life and his entrails coming out and acting like tentacles was disgusting. Uh, the tire mark on Augie's face was probably not done as well as... I mean, it very much stood out. It's like they slapped on uh, a bit of foam latex or, or whatever and onto his face and flattened it out and then put tire treads on it. It didn't look that good, but it didn't matter. It was still fun. And the performance and, and the character itself really made up for that prosthetic not being that great. I think one of the things that I liked the most was when Eleanor uh, electrocutes herself because she tries to fix the fuse box in the basement by herself. And she's all like this torched and cindered skeletal remains that eventually come to life. And the puppetry on that was so cool. The creature design on it was really cool. The creature and practical effects on the makeup for uh, Vlad, played by Alex Winter, was really good when he's dismembered and all his body parts come to life was, was fun. And yeah, you could do CG and CG may look photorealistic. CG might look good when things aren't moving around. But then once it st does start moving around, that's when you're like, oh, yeah, that's that's really bad CG. And this is, I think, one of the great cases where when you do things practical, it may not look as realistic as doing something CG from a just standing still standpoint. But when things start moving around, uh, there's weight to it. There is dimension to it that sometimes you don't get. I mean, when CG is done right, you get all that. But not all CG is done right, and especially when you get CG done on a small budget with this, which this isn't a huge budget movie. But what they did do with their budget, they did very well. I mean, they got good comedic actors. They got funny actors. Uh, they didn't get A-list funny actors, but they got really good funny actors for, I'm sure, the the price tag that, that, that matched their budget. They did a really good job with creating practical effects and practical puppetry that made the horror and the grossness of this and the maiming and dismemberment of it all uh, look really good. I'm not sure what the budget for this movie was. Again, I'm, I'm guessing probably not a huge budget, but I think they used it wisely to create, like I said, a really fun movie. And being an hour and 25 minute runtime, under an hour and a half, uh, you never really felt like this movie was dragging. The movie bounced along pretty good. I mean, the pacing was was fairly good for this. I, I didn't have any complaints of that. No part of this movie did I feel like, oh, this is starting to run a little long. I, I need to go get some lunch. Uh, you didn't get any of that. I thought the direction was really good. Josh Forbes, who mainly known more for doing a lot of music videos, uh, and this like stylistically, uh, the lighting in this all was really good. The cinematography, uh, I think, was really good in this because it just looked like somebody's manic fever dream. Just the colors and playing light and dark and shadow and the vibrancy of of a lot of these shots. I mean, it really felt like a, an old school music video. There was a lot of this movie where I thought maybe we were in like some sort of dream of Williams because you have that shot where he's uh, screaming or something like that and the camera kind of goes into his mouth and then kind of washes to the next scene. I really thought that was going to be like a kind of like one of those through the looking glass moments where 
all of a sudden you're you're getting a physical representation of going into somebody's head and that the rest of the movie that you're watching is from an unreliable source. Uh, but that's not the case here. Like everything that's happening, and there was a lot of stuff like where the the little instructional video is talking to him felt very much like the Stephen King short story, uh, The Revelations of Becca Paulson, which they used in Tommyknockers. There was a lot of things going on with the people he's killing, uh, coming seemingly coming back to life, and you almost wondered if this isn't all in his head. Maybe he didn't kill anybody. It's just he's gone crazy because the stress of trying to do this album and how it's affecting his work life and his home life is all got to him. And we're going to find out this was all just some sort of dream or that he's gone crazy. And no, it wasn't any of that. There was no subterfuge there. Uh, it was all real. He killed these people. And I love the joke. That was one of the jokes everybody you know kept referring to him as a mass murderer. And he's like, no, I'm a, I'm, I'm a mass murderer manslaughterer or I'm a serial manslaughterer and that was quite funny because everyone that he killed it was all accidental like the guy's not a bad guy he's just a very self-indulged guy blaming everybody else for his problems but he didn't go out and kill these people purposefully and so the, the fact that it yeah it was all legit uh, i still don't know how they explain the fact that all of these dismembered bodies are playing like a jam band on his single epitaph of the fallen circus that he's recording at the very end of the movie but maybe it is a little bit of both maybe he did really kill these people accidentally but maybe he was just imagining them coming back to life because he has kind of lost it a little bit. And normally something like that, if if this is a serious horror film, that attention to detail and not explaining that would annoy me. But but this is a different different animal altogether. I mean, this is a horror comedy. You have to suspend your disbelief a little bit. A little bit more for something like this that is kind of a an off-the-wall and left-of-center black comedy horror. And so things like that didn't bother me as much as they would in any other like straight-up horror movie would. But ultimately, as I said, this movie like wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't great. It was good. I, I will give it that. You know, I, I keep saying that. It's not bad, but it's not great. Uh, it's fun. It, it is a good movie. It is an enjoyable movie. So don't get me wrong on that. It's not the greatest thing since sliced bread. It is certainly a solid entry by Shudder with their first original of 2024. I will give it that. And I think more than it not being great... More than it not being bad, more than it being a good movie, it was a fun movie. Because I think whether you think it's bad or whether you think it's good, I think you'll still be entertained by it. And I, I guess that's the best thing I can say about this movie is that no matter whether you like it or you don't, you're going to have fun watching it. Because I enjoyed it well enough and I had a fun time watching it. You had fun actors, you had fun acting, you had a lot of practical effects and any movie that uses practical effects as well as this movie did is going to get praise out of me. It looked good. I mean, the movie was filmed very well and directed very well, edited very well. I really had no problems with any of the pacing. I thought stylistically, it had a, a lot of good use of color and felt very much, like I said, had that dreamlike quality where you're not sure if what you're seeing is real or fantasy. Uh, it, it had some gore. Like I said, the practical 
practical effects leaned into that as well. They did a really good job with practical horror. And it just had everything that, that a, as a horror fan, I could want. Uh, the comedy was hit or miss. But I really don't go into horror comedies really focusing on the comedy. If the comedy works, great. If not, as long as the horror is strong. And I thought the horror and the blood and the guts were, were very strong. Even if it wasn't scary, it was still very gory and very bloody and a lot of dismemberment. So all in all, I liked Destroy All Neighbors. I, I thought it's something anybody who's lived in an apartment building can relate to. Anybody who's worked on a project and just found so many reasons why they can't get it finished. And that's what this movie really is all about. Fighting those inner demons that hold you back from doing what you want to do. Uh, I did that for the longest time. I had the idea of doing this podcast for a very long time. And I just kept finding reasons. Like, oh, you know, I got to find, uh, you know, what I want to talk about. Figure that out. And then I got to find a, I got to find a name for the podcast. And I him hawed around about that. And okay, I've got a name. I've got an idea for what I want to talk about. Uh, now I got to, I got to come up with a list of, of at least 15 show ideas before I can record one. And I got to the point where, you know, I just kept throwing up roadblocks in my own way. And it wasn't till I, well, I was at some leadership conference uh, through my, my day job and we had a speaker, Rachel Hollis. She's a blogger and a podcaster. And that was one of the things she said, you know, if you want to do a podcast, you don't have to have all the fanciest equipment. You don't have to have, you know, all this, that, and the other thing. Just do it because that's going to be the hardest step just going ahead and doing it. It's not going to be your your podcast or whatever you're going to be doing is not going to be perfect and it's not going to be the best you can be and it's not going to be the best you can do right off the bat. You're going to grow. You're going to learn. You're going to get better. But you can't do that until you take that leap and start doing it. And I think that was the main message of this movie is that you can't let those demons inside of you, those nagging doubts, those questions about whether you can do it. You can't let that shit live in your head rent-free. You've got to put that all behind you and just do it. Because what you do isn't going to be for everybody. But there are going to be people that appreciate what you do because they get it. And that's, my God, that's a, a really great theme. And that's a really great message to send out in a movie. And probably, I think, one of the things I enjoyed most Outside of the blood and guts and the practical effects and the vision of this movie, I really enjoyed that theme. I really enjoyed that moral to the story. So I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on Destroy All Neighbors, the first Shudder original for 2024. You can stream it now. Hopefully you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you've watched it, if you haven't, hopefully you get a chance to check this movie out. And if you didn't like this movie, to each his own. Not everybody is a fan of every movie. So, hey, you know what? Uh, maybe maybe the next one you'll enjoy better. But I want to thank everyone for listening. You can check out more about what's going on with Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on our Facebook and Instagram pages. We're always posting about the podcast, new episodes. We're always posting about horror, fantasy, and science fiction. No matter where you're listening to this podcast, please like, subscribe, follow it, whatever you have to do, whatever your podcast platform of choice calls it where you're listening to this, uh, do that so you can stay on top of all the latest episodes. Uh, as always, please leave those reviews. Five stars would be awesome, but whatever review you leave, we do appreciate that. And as always, please 
Share this podcast with anyone that you know that loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction. So until next time. Thank you for visiting Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. We hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon. But even though you may come back, you never really get to leave Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. Ha 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 ha.